This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Hello and welcome to the Walk podcast. My name is David Tupman. I'm the SVP content at Walk. And as you may have been able to tell from the change in intro music, we are no longer in Cannes. Hope you enjoyed our Cannes specials last week. Uh, but we are back in the Walk studio and normal service uh, has been resumed. That said, we are not quite done with Cannes because this is a 3 in 15 podcast where we are going to explore three big CMO themes from the Festival of Creativity. Now, Walk, we're uh, really privileged. We get to spend a lot of time with the CMO audience in Cannes, whether that's through mechanisms like the CMO Growth Council, the CMO Accelerator, uh, in our sessions, or, or just bumping into them on the quasette. And over the next 15 minutes, we're going to be exploring some of the big themes that emerged from those conversations. And that's ahead of a Cannes Digest report coming out later this week. Now, here to discuss this with us is Anna Hamill, the uh, Senior Editor for Brands at Walk. Anna, welcome back uh, to the podcast. But before we get into your big three themes, um, how was Cannes for you? Uh, aside from a bit of rain, it was a really busy and fantastic week. Uh, Can Lions really acts as a meeting of minds for senior marketing leaders. And it's a chance to discuss the big issues facing brands and also learn from each other's approaches. So the mood this year has been largely upbeat, actually, and everyone is clearly happy to be back uh, in person in the south of France. And often what comes out of Cannes uh, on various marketing topics sets the agenda for the whole year. And the in-person chemistry of these conversations, uh, like, for example, when 25 CMOs got together for the CMO Growth Council, that just can't be replicated on a webinar. And so that was really exciting this year for everybody to be back uh, in the same room uh, talking about all the issues that matter. And truthfully, a lot has changed since 2019, uh, since we were all last in Cannes in person, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but also in the marketing world in terms of media, tech, consumer expectations, and the impact of all of that on brand strategy. So there's a lot to learn and a lot to take away. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, we've only got 15 minutes, so let's dive straight in. What's the first major theme you've picked out from the conversations you've had? Right. So let's talk sustainability. So a consistent theme across the week in Cannes was that sustainability is now table stakes for brands, especially to connect uh, with Gen Z uh, Z consumers coming through. So AdNet Zero, for example, uh, was a hot topic of conversation among CMOs across the festival. Uh, And that initiative is likely to see a lot more brands sign up in coming months. There's a lot of excitement about uh, these type of new initiatives to help brands tackle sustainability challenges. Uh, There's a lot of interest in how AdNet Zero in particular Um, which, for those who are less familiar, talks about reducing carbon emissions in advertising, uh, can offer more accountability amid real urgency for change when it comes to the climate crisis. Uh, WPP CEO Mark Reed shared analysis as part of that that 95% of filming shot from productions currently isn't used in the final creative. Now, that's an extraordinary figure, and it offers a real chance for brands to make proactive changes in that area. Yeah, you're right. That that is quite an incredible uh, figure, and it's uh, I guess you know when we've talked about things like ad shoots before, it's on a 
it's been about the the, the sort of location and and right. uh, how far do you travel, uh, not about how much of the material you shoot actually makes the the, the final. Yeah, the and final if you're traveling to shoot that material mm. and you're not using ninety five percent of it, then you know there's really big opportunities to to make proactive changes on that. So what's the what's the conclusion from this then? What did the what were the CMOs you were hearing from uh, uh, sort of talk about what what's going to come next? Well, we did see a bit of a I think refreshing evolution of the sustainability conversation. And what's clear is that CMOs aren't prepared to let the climate change crisis take a back seat any longer. It's really front of mind now. And so now CMOs and businesses more broadly are moving beyond that low hanging fruit uh, within their businesses with regards to Um, helping out the environment and also getting into more challenging areas such as innovation and supply chain management and implementing that green thinking across every part of their business. So a consistent theme this year was examples of brands embracing uh, sustainable innovation and that's brands from categories as diverse as mobile phones such as Samsung, CPG, apparel and healthcare. Now, they're building that green thinking into their products, their services, and also their business models, which I think is an interesting step forward. Obviously, there is still some way to go. Um, There's no um, surprises there. That's a really important conversation is that there's still a lot left to do. But brands are increasingly concerned with walking the talk. And sustainability is no longer a CSR issue, but considered an imperative for both good business and also the planet. Yeah, so there's a few things I'd probably take away from that. I think what's interesting about this is a lot of the things you mentioned don't fall within the remit of the marketing department. But, no. But CMOs seem to feel like it, marketing has a coordination role here in terms of bringing a lot of the thinking and the and the uh, and the application of that thinking together is that is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that's very much fair, and also builds on the role of marketing, perhaps in the pandemic, where it found itself as an intersection of a whole bunch of different parts of the business with regards to data, supply chain, you know, product marketing, all of that. Marketing has a really important role to play in sustainability, but it's not the only role uh, that's needed within the company. And I think there is a real sense of urgency in moving that conversation forward. And hopefully we will start to see the results of that. Yes, I guess this is this is just the start of a, a long-running conversation. Uh, Greenpeace, obviously, having, should we say, an active presence uh, at the festival this year. I think that's just the start of, of things to come. Um, so that's some really interesting first theme. But I, I get the impression that there's a sort of bit of a tension between the first theme, sustainability, and then what we're going to talk about next in the second theme. So why don't you introduce that? Uh, sure. Well, let's talk about the prospect of recession, um, which is slightly not quite as positive as the sustainability conversation. Um, but I think it's really important to discuss how brands are preparing for that. Um, obviously, the economic climate is not improving anytime soon. That's now clear. And that's a concern for brands who are really hoping to reorient for growth uh, this year following two really difficult years during the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to be the case uh, as we head toward the end of the northern summer. Um, It's also not just recession that CMOs are worried about, although that is obviously a huge topic in CAN and across the industry right now. It's also everything else that we're seeing in the news every day which is really creating, I guess, a flywheel of uncertainty for brands. 
Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. I mean, this this was sort of like a, the subtext to the festival, wasn't it? Very much so. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of conversation about where the the whole economic and business environment goes next, and and you use the word uncertainty, and I think that's exactly exactly what seemed to come across in in what we were hearing. Yeah, it's uncertain and it's complicated. I think those are the two keywords we would take out of the conversations this week. For example, you know, it's, like I said, it's not just recession; it's the fact that supply chains are struggling. Uh, inflation is at decades, uh, decade record highs, 40-year highs, I think. And parts of the business, for example, um, in customer service, jobs are understaffed. We've seen that, especially in the UK this year. And all of that impacts brand experience and how consumers um, enjoy your brand and how they um, interact with your brand. And if that's negative, that has knock-on effects uh, over the long term. And that's not even including the effects of war in the Ukraine or the lockdowns in China, which are now affecting brands in very real ways. So there's a there's a lot to unpack in all of that. How are brands starting to respond based on, on what you're hearing? Well, this is quite a tinderbox of issues for CMOs to navigate. And again, it's not just a marketing problem. Um, but it often ends up at marketing's door in terms of the knock-on effects. So if you're a furniture brand, for example, and you're reliant on uh, production and manufacturing in a part of China that has been locked down for several months, or you're an auto brand with a year-long wait for car components due to supply chain issues, these challenges are going to massively impact how you approach marketing. Of course, brands are engaging in the expected scenario planning and number crunching behind closed doors. Uh, and several we saw across various sessions, including David Rubin from the New York Times and Attila Jansen from the Number 7 Beauty Company, alluded to that bite of inflation really now hitting their consumers and also their brands. And those are two very diverse brands that are seeing uh, the same trend. So you mentioned scenario planning then. I think ever since uh, COVID-19, the start of COVID-19 scenario planning has been a, a fact of life for uh, for CMOs and, and for strategists yes. as well. Yes, everyone has had a lot of practice at scenario planning over the last few years, that's for sure. So what are, what are, what are the sort of scenarios that, that, that we're looking at based on, based on what you're hearing? Well, I mean, the scenario, the reality is, is that the shape and the length of the coming recession is difficult to predict. And all brands will need to focus on resilience. And I think that was a really big theme coming out of Lions. Uh, even this week, since we returned uh, back to the Walk studio, we've seen huge companies like Walgreens or Reckitt put the prospective sales of major brands on hold in light of market uncertainty. And we can probably expect a lot more brands to delay these big types, uh, these types of big moves rather. So, you know, if you're going for an IPO, now might not be the right time to do that. Um, I think we'll see a lot more of that in the coming months until the storm clears a bit. Um, perhaps more ominously, and I think this is a really important point, um, David Rubin from the New York Times noted that there are, quote, very, very few marketers in the industry right now who have experience working in this type of recessionary environment. Um, the last recession was a long time ago, and so perhaps there are some difficult learning curves ahead for those marketers who weren't around in the 2008 financial crisis or weren't stewards of brands in that time. Uh, and given how much change there's been in the industry more broadly, I think time will tell how many lessons are really transferable. Right, let's get to your, the third theme then, Anna. What have you, what have you brought for, for number three? 
Well, I have to say it's been tough to narrow down the list to just three, uh, and I would encourage our listeners to check out Walks Digest from the festival, uh, which you mentioned earlier, which is being released this week, which has the full list of takeaways uh, from our team of reporters across the festival. Uh, But I think a really important topic for the industry was how CMOs are approaching the role of brand purpose uh, in the growth equation. I think there's been a real evolution here and that's worth sharing. So Mark Pritchard, who is a chief brand officer at Procter & Gamble, long-serving chief brand officer there, has been a real thought leader in brand purpose over the last few years and has blazed, I guess, a bit of a trail for purpose-driven marketing in the industry uh, with the trademark uh, phrase, force for good and force for growth. And it's a lead that a lot of brands have followed in recent years with how they think about campaigns for social change. And P&G has undoubtedly made um, massive inroads with a whole bunch of topics that other marketers may not necessarily uh, have the courage to pursue, and they really deserve to be uh, credited for that. Um, but this year was a bit of a change of tack uh, from from PNG and Pritchard. So this year he revealed that the company has flipped that mindset uh, to focus on being a force for growth as a priority, so that they can be more of a force for good. Now, of course. Growth and brand purpose aren't independent of each other, and data indicates that consumers expect brands to meet their expectations when it comes to values, so no news there. But a purpose-driven approach alone won't drive growth, and that's the really important point that Pritchard made on that. Yeah, this is a this is a really interesting one, and I'll admit to having been burned on this before, having uh, having called peak purpose in two thousand and eighteen. How uh, wrong we were! How how well how wrong I was! <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, yeah, it, 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 clearly two thousand eighteen was not peak purpose. Um, now look, purpose is a hugely controversial topic. Uh, so much of the discussion around cancer revolves around around purpose. Lots of purpose gen, purpose campaigns in the winners. Um, there is quite a sort of it, it provokes quite extreme reactions. You, know, you have uh, the camp, which is incredibly pro purpose, basically see this as key to engaging Gen Z, Gen Alpha, or whatever comes. Millennials next. remember them. They're too old. They're too old. It's Gen Z and Gen Alpha these days. But um, you've got the camp that sort of uh, sees purpose as key for these. And then you've got a camp that sees purpose as basically a sort of fashionable sideshow from the important task of selling things. And uh, I guess with phrases like force for good and force for growth, it's a kind of way of trying to square that circle. Um, But you're right in that there does seem to be a, a change in tone here. And that particularly with the economic issues we've got coming coming up, cost of living issues that we, we've, we're seeing uh, around the world, that maybe there's, a, you know, particularly for these packaged goods companies, maybe there's a sort of slight realignment of, uh, of priorities in terms of how they're going to be able to deliver deliver growth. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really important point. And it's also... Um, important to say that obviously brand purpose is a really important part of the growth equation, um, but it's not all of the growth equation. And I think that's that's what Pritchard was saying is that perhaps some of the industry has gone a bit far on purpose and forgot to um, tell consumers why they should buy their products. And that's a really important part of growth as well. And so I agree, it is an evolution of thinking, especially for those of us who have seen many, many, many presentations about our social change campaigns over the last year, uh, last few years. I think, and, and Pritchard said this 
really eloquently as he usually does, which is there's a real importance of delivering a superior product experience or service. And he definitely encourages marketers not to lose sight of that. Uh, and that's a real necessity going into um, the difficult econ- economic times we have ahead is explain to customers why they should buy your product. Does it perform better? Is it better value? Really communicate those perspectives as well as how you're moving the dial forward for social issues because we know that consumers value that input from brands. They expect it. But how do you balance the equation um, on those two sides? So I think, yeah, it's an evolution and I think it will be very interesting to see how many brands follow PNG's lead as they have on purpose over the last few years. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. And exactly right, the sort of balancing the sort of uh, what you stand for in the world with actually, you know, offering a good product at a good price. Is, yeah, is a really I think, you know, with a conversation on brand purpose, there are maybe two, two opposite camps. But as is often the case, the truth is somewhere in the middle. There's one final point I think there, which uh, it's really interesting that we've we've split out sustainability and purpose as completely different uh, topics in these things. Now, I guess in the past these these have somewhat sort of come together, but I, I guess just as a just as a final point, it feels like sustainability is almost sort of like table stakes for a business, whereas purpose is something you more actively choose to do. Is that a, is that a sort of yeah? Fair, I, I think that's a fair characterization. I mean. When I think about what we've seen over the last week and and Cam with regards to sustainability, it's not necessarily, no one at any point spoke about sustainability from a marketing perspective. Um, Perhaps ironically, they're talking about, you know, how can they make their products more sustainable in terms of creating the components which go into the mobile phone? Um, Samsung had a really interesting example of how they're doing that. Or thinking about operations perspectives, how they're making their businesses greener from top to bottom and those aren't necessarily marketing conversations so I think it it seems right that we are splitting up purpose and sustainability Um, also I don't think you know the climate crisis is real it's here it's happening every single day and there is a real sense of urgency on this um, that consumers expect brands to step up to the plate and I think that's a fair a fair characterization of the mood this week. Thank you, Anna. That's a great place to leave it. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, There is so much more coming from CAN across Walk. Do look out for all the sessions from the Walk stage on walk.com later this week. Also coming later this week, we will have that digest report that Anna mentioned with lots more insights like the ones you've just been hearing. Don't forget to subscribe to the Walk podcast on your favourite podcasting platform so you never have to miss an episode. Until next time, thanks for listening.